Does the world really need another podcast? There are over 5 million podcasts available globally with 70 million episodes that you can catch in 150 languages. So why go to the trouble of adding yet another? In Luke chapter 5, when Jesus finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So if one heart can be touched, if one mind can be renewed, and if just one life could be transformed, then I think it's worth it. This is One More Cast. <laughs> Great job. If, if there's enough for each individual, then cool. If not, maybe couples can just share. So that's our notes from last week, and I think we made some pretty good progress. We probably went a little slower than uh, I would have liked, which is not uncommon just because we get distracted and we go down some rabbit trails and what have you. But if you recall, several weeks ago, we started this journey uh, about time management, and the first couple of sessions was from the John Maxwell book, Put Your Dream to the Test. And, and in that book, we found out that there are 10 questions that help you understand what it is you're doing now and maybe what some of your dreams are and how some of those dreams correlate to your real life and can you really accomplish those things. And it was really just meant to sort of kind of refocus and reset. We're coming up to the end of 2023. 2024 is like steaming down I-70. Here it comes, ready or not. So it's a good time of year to start thinking about what's gonna happen for next year and set some goals. And we heard some really cool goals last week. Remember the goals from last week? Who had the coolest one? Ireland. The Ireland one, yeah. So the VGAs want to live in Ireland. So that and they also eat um, a ratio of three parts popcorn, one part potato chips. There's no Lee, that's strictly her. That's strictly her, okay, <laughs> okay. So we, <laughs> all right, he was quick to correct that. So my apologies. <laughs> We learned a lot about some goals and we had some good conversation. So just like with, with anything else that, that we do, you know, obviously, obviously it's all about this right here. It's about the Word of God and it's, it's about a spiritual experience. And even Sonia was asking me today, we don't normally talk face to face. We usually text each other. She's usually upstairs in the office and I'm usually in the kitchen. And, uh, and so she texts, hey, what, what's the subject matter for next week? And I said, oh, it's GTD, getting things done. She's like, okay, well, what's the spiritual application? <laughs> so I'm <laughs> like, okay, balance me out a little bit, why don't you? Obviously, you know, when you learn, like I, I went to a, a little Christian school back in Brazil, Indiana, and uh, there was a time when we learned to change oil in a car. Pretty cool, huh? That's about all I learned there. But, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, I'll never forget, there were these elders and these old dudes that taught us how to change oil in the car. And then in their own humble and meager way, they said, okay, this is how you change oil in the car. And this is why you have a car. Because you want to get up and go to work. And you want to provide for your family. And you want to bring people to church. And it was like, at the time, I didn't even get it. But now it's like those dudes are trying to put in us 
Like these are practical things you can do in life, and this is why you do it. So that's really what this whole time management thing is all about. I, I grabbed some passages today just because we always want to start off, obviously, with the fact that everything we do should be based on the Word of God. And I just I wrote this little note down. The master of the universe mastered his time. So if you ever thought that maybe time management was for people that work in air traffic you know, control towers or you know, people that want to climb the corporate ladder, okay, fine. But at the end of the day, if the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who only, by the way, had 33 and a half-ish years on this earth, focused on managing the few moments that he did have, we sing songs like, I want to be like Jesus. And usually we're probably thinking about like the miracles and the loaves and the fishes when we say that. But if we manage our time, that is another way that we can be like Jesus. And we can focus on the right things while we're here. Mark chapter 1 and verse 35 says this, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there he prayed. So, so Jesus himself, God manifest in the flesh, set up a little bit of time. It might not have been three hours. It might only have been like five minutes. We don't know exactly. But he carved out just a little bit of time to recenter and to get refocused and to make sure that he wasn't missing the most important parts of the day. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, Luke 4, 16 says, He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, which would have been Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So a lot of words there in those two verses. But then verse 20 says, And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. So what a scene that would have been. Like, like this dude walks into the synagogue and just like with authority and probably not because he was a bully, but because he had eyes that looked a little bit different than, say, Peter and James and John and Nicodemus and all those other dudes. This was God manifest in the flesh. The point in that little passage, and as we start the session off tonight, is he was very, very clear on what his purpose was. There was no mystery. And he woke up in the morning and it wasn't like, ah, I wonder if I'm going to go find a bagel. And, you know, he was slapping those sandals on and he was like, I'm here to preach. I'm here to heal. I'm here to save. I'm here to deliver. That was his purpose. So, so time management is important. This one is a really good one. And you're probably very familiar with this. John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 4. There's a lot of verses there from 4 to 29. But verse 4 says this, and this is John recording, he must needs go through Samaria. So why did John say that, you think? I always kind of like probably misquoted in my own head that Jesus said, I must needs go to Samaria. Now, maybe John, maybe John heard him say this, possible, whether he heard him say this or whether he just read the body language or maybe he just read the room and just got the context and was like, this joker, he was like dropping everything to get to Samaria. We don't know exactly how that exchange took place, but we know that in John's mind, nothing else was more important to Jesus than getting to Samaria. 
John MacArthur teaches that he walked the equivalent of a marathon to get there. And by the way, he probably walked in the same pathways that, you know, the guy that got robbed and mugged and left for dead that the Good Samaritan kind of goes and rescues. Same path. But he was purposed. It, it was, he knew his days were numbered, right? Can I say this with like a lot of respect because we've lost some really, some very valuable people that we love We've lost them recently. Our days are numbered too. (laughs) And even if you don't think in terms of like it is appointed unto every man wants to die, your days with those little babies are numbered. Right? Sometimes it's crazy. I haven't really admitted this too many times to too many people. But when I hear little kids talking and playing, I'm like, man, I miss when my girls were that little. You know, there's a country song, and we don't want to, like, make everybody cry. But isn't there, there's a country song. I think every country song makes everybody cry, right? So you're going to miss this. That's right. You're going to miss this. So anybody, so don't even think about those lyrics right now. Don't think about the video. We don't have enough Kleenexes in the room. Yeah, your days are numbered. So, so what are you saying, Brother Mac? What I'm saying is, David in, in Psalm 39 says, God, help me to number my days. Job said that man's days are short. And then I, I forget which apostle it was. It was either Peter and John. He wrote in his epistle. Maybe it was James. It was James. He said, life is like a vapor. It's like, and it's gone. She gone. It's gone. It's gone. That's why time management is so important. If you want to use it for your job and climb the corporate ladder, great. Go, go right ahead. Like, do that. But most importantly, it's because, man, you got a certain number of heartbeats. you got a certain number of breaths. And I want to make sure that I'm using them for the right things. Does that make sense? We could almost just have an altar call right now, kind of the way this goes. So last week we talked about, we, we introduced these three things. And somebody keep me on time. It's 725. I do not want to go over we really spent a lot of time on formulating, evaluating, and rejuvenating, and that's when we got into the whole popcorn potato chip thing with the BGAs, and we talked about things that we do to rejuvenate, and some people go on walks. I think the hunter said they go on walks, and somebody said they go uh, thrift store shopping. Sonia and I used to go to Walmarts, and I say Walmarts on purpose because it's just funny, and when you have 20-year-old girls and 21s, they, you have to absolutely be current and up to the times. Otherwise, you're a boomer or a Karen, and so I do that on purpose to cause them to snap their neck and say, wait a minute, he's joking, so the joke is that he's actually relevant and actually current, so you needed that. You needed that. You needed that. <clears throat> So we used to go to Walmarts back in the day, and now we go to Myers. <clears throat> so you do lots of different things to rejuvenate. What I want to spend a little bit of time on tonight is this, this other part. We spend a lot of time on stop, um, stop, take a breath, and listen, that sort of thing. Um, we want to talk about cutting. We want to talk about cutting. Sorry, Vince. It's too soon, I know, but we want to talk about cutting things. So... If you're really thinking about prioritizing, I want, you to f- I want you to just like get this thought out of your mind. You will never get everything done. Okay, so let yourself off the hook. You're never going to get everything done. 
There will always be a never-ending stream of to-dos that are following. The best time managers in the world and the Lord Jesus Christ was able to compartmentalize what the most important things were so that he could make sure that he got those things done. Let me just lock my screen so it doesn't move on me. So, best, and if you want to write this down, little notes on your thing, it looks like we got some cats being drawn on the notes, and that's pretty cool. Any other good squiggly, any other artwork on the notes that we should make part of the next PowerPoint presentation? I know, tons of notes. Yeah, sorry. My, my, I, I apologize. I apologize. Here's your affirmation. It's, it, the, no, the notes look great. <laughs> Here, here's probably the least used tool in time management, but it's the easiest to use and it's the most effective of all time. You said water? Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, Rocky Balboa said, if you don't have a good wash, you can't have a good time. So I guess you're kind of close to that. So here's, here's the number one time management tool that we don't use enough. It's literally the word no. I personally, I'm really good at the no. What I need to get better at is the delivery of the no. <laughs> From a social perspective, right? So I've been in reviews before with my boss. I'll never forget 2002, my boss, Gene, I'll leave his last name out in case you want to Facebook stalk him later. Um, he's like, man, we love what you do. Everything's good. There's just one little thing that I want to try to coach you up on. I'm like, oh yeah, what's that? And he's like, you're just too abrasive. And I'm like, oh, you mean I got grit? <laughs> he's like, no, no, that's not what we're saying. So I need to learn to deliver the no a little nicer but no is the best tool that you have. You can't do everything anyway, guys. You just can't. So here's a little trick, and this is a little off notes, but I would like for you to write this down because there are, there are two things that will help you with your no, okay? Number one, and I'm, this, is, this is the best. This comes from Brian Tracy. If you're doing something right now that's causing you to be overwhelmed, it's causing like a lot of stress in the household, a lot of stress in your life. If there's something that's in the way and you don't know what to do about it, but your gut tells you it's in the way, your calendar tells you it's in the way, it's stopping you from accomplishing what you need to accomplish. Think about it like this, and this is what I want you to write down. If you wouldn't start this thing, given everything that's on your plate, your context, your calendar, your life situation, your family situation, if you wouldn't start it fresh, then stop it. Does that make sense? If it's not something that you would take on as extra, my recommendation is that you stop doing it all together. And there, there might be a couple different things, maybe multiples in your life imagine if you can just just collect yourself enough to say wait a minute no 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 more i wouldn't start this thing because i don't have time to start this thing well what makes you think you have time to keep doing it it's just a different way to think about it because again you'll never get everything done anyway what you really want to do is focus on the things that actually bring benefit to you, your family, the kingdom of God, 
your, remember the passion meter thing that we had? That's really what you want to do. And that's how you think about it. If you wouldn't start it, then you should stop it. Make sense? Okay. It takes a big commitment. But everything that you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. So just think about that for your family. There are some things that you should eliminate. There are also some things that you should automate. You should automate some things. And this is a very, very broad topic, but I heard a, a message a long time ago from a gentleman named Don Cash. I shouldn't have said his full name. I'll have to edit that out later. But um, his message was the Valley of Decision. And it was talking about crossing the Rubicon. And the fact is, is a lot of times, and you know this probably to be true, when you make mistakes, it's not like they sneak up on you a lot of times. A lot of times you made that decision already. You just didn't put up a gate, right? You could probably preach a whole sermon on that. Things don't just usually accidentally happen, right? David went up to the rooftop, saw Bathsheba. Like the rooftop's not wrong and looking down is not wrong, but he's probably at the wrong place at the wrong time. He put himself in a place probably where he probably shouldn't have been, okay? So what we mean by automate and time management is it's making these decisions beforehand so that when it comes time to making the, the tough call of the elimination or saying no to someone, you have obligations already. I'm sorry, I'm already committed. Now, sometimes we think in order to say with honesty and integrity to Brother Chris, I'm sorry, Brother Chris, I can't go help you with that because I'm already committed, that that must mean I have an appointment with someone else, right? Now, that may be the case, but a lot of times I've seen people, I can, I can, I'm looking at faces in my mind right now of people that kind of overcommit because they love people so much. Like, you love people so much and you're willing to do anything for anybody so if you have a little block of time in your calendar that's not filled with somebody, then you're willing to fill it with somebody. And what I'm saying is, if you want to automate your time management decisions, make appointments with yourself. Whether it's mentally, like a regular routine, like, hey, on Monday evenings, we're not doing anything. Or put it on your calendar, time two hours of time that you automate and you're like automatically if somebody wants me during these hours I'm already booked and then don't get nervous nobody's going to ask you if so what do you who are you booked with I have an appointment <laughs> they don't need to know it's with yourself right block time off that's how you automate yourself okay there's another part of this that's delegate and this is also really, I can say no to anybody, anytime, anywhere, except Pastor Carson, maybe. I'd probably say a lot, yes to him a lot. But I can say no to just about anybody. It's really, really hard for me to delegate stuff. And it's because I'm an idiot. And I think that nobody else can do it as good as I can do it. And so, no, I've got to do it because it's like I have the high. And, and when you really, if you ask somebody that will give you honest feedback, the quality of work that you're producing is not like, you can replace it. <laughs> okay. Like who's kidding who here, right? So, so think of this in a couple different ways. Number one, 
if you make, I'm making this number up. If I'll completely make this number up so I don't get close to anybody in this room probably. If you make 10 bucks an hour, okay, and it costs $5 an hour to pay somebody to mow your grass, then you should work and pay somebody to mow your grass. Now, I like to mow my grass because I can listen to podcasts and it's exercise and it's outside. But you get the theory, right? Delegation should be, if I can go to work and make more than what it costs me per hour, it, it doesn't make any sense to not delegate that kind of work. So I think you should think of it in those terms. Now, we're like with everything else in life, there's an, there's an exception to every rule, but think of it in that theory. Here's what you should do when you decide to delegate. You should decide what it is you want to delegate. You should select the best person for the job. You should communicate the workflow of what needs to happen. You need to provide the necessary resources. You need to give them room to operate and you need to check in and provide feedback. Like that's, it's probably very, very common sense. And you're like, oh, of course, no kidding. But those are the things that you should do in order to delegate. There's five levels though that Michael Hyatt talks about in terms of, of how you delegate. Number one, you want somebody to do exactly what you've asked them to do, nothing more and nothing less. You take the trash out, pick up the bag, carry it to the dumpster, put a new bag in. Don't overthink it. Don't separate the recycling. Don't, you know, look for credit card statements. Do just do a task. There's, so there's that level of delegating. That's level one. Level two is this. You want a person to examine or research a topic and report back to you. Now, sometimes this is going to be very business. This is going to be very, very corporate. It's, it's just to show you the levels, the different types of delegation that there is. Number three, you're giving person room to participate in the problem solving process, but you're still reserving the final decision for yourself. So if you're leading teams, and some of you do, and if you don't yet, some of you will, that's a level of delegation as well. Hey, we have this problem. I want you to spearhead the thought leadership. I want you to go figure this problem out. Come back with three or four options. Rather than you, because you're the smartest person in the room, because you're the leader, because you're the alpha, let somebody else go do some brain power. We used to, back in the day, when Jayla was probably four or five years old, we would have a Saturday and we would have a lot of work to do, a lot of things to do. Sometimes we would just tell her the five or six things that we needed to get done and then make her organize our day. Number one, it helped us to tame her. <laughs> Not editing that part out. But also, she was not encumbered by wondering how we're going to pay the mortgage or, you know, making the grocery list or we were using her as like an external computer to figure things out. So maybe you have kids that can do this. Maybe you have nieces and nephews. Crazy family example. Maybe you have team, team members that you work with. There's just, there's so many ways to delegate so that you don't have to do every little thing yourself. That's really the point. The fourth, you want the person to evaluate options, make a decision on their own, execute the decision, and then give you an update after the fact. It's pretty risky. 
Sometimes probably the reason why I don't delegate enough is because I put everything in that bucket and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go have Chris Hunter just take care of it. And everybody knows he's kind of incompetent. So I'm just like, I, I just, I'm just going to go ahead and do it myself. <laughs> teasing, bro, teasing. But that's, that's because I'm, I'm probably a little extreme and I'm probably a little myopic sometimes. So when I think of delegate, I think of just one thing, hand it to someone and walk away. And that's super risky for me mentally. So therefore I don't delegate. I don't utilize one of the best tools of time management. That's why we're talking about there's different levels. There's different ways to do this. And then level five is you hand the entire project or task over to someone else and then exit the decision altogether. <laughs> okay, the, the last part is act. So we're going to start acting. Consolidation. Anybody want to take a, a, a stab at what consolidation might mean in handling tasks or in time management consolidation. It's probably way easier than, than you might even think. It's really about batching tasks. Batching tasks. I have a person in mind that's, that's kind of a very, very talented person, but, but it's kind of like mentally all over the place. Like really sharp IQ. Like it's not like, maybe some of you know people like this, but they have like 14 different windows open all at the same time. Right, like computer lingo, like a lot of different tabs open, a lot of different things going on. And I'm trying to figure out like, where's the thread that pulls all this together? And, and what ends up happening is, you know, things get missed. Maybe quality of work decreases a little bit. Uh, even this person will be frustrated with themselves because they're doing, they're multitasking. And, and, and I don't know if you've heard me tell this story before, but you know, you really can't multitask. You can think you can all you want. Women are the closest, like sometimes they look like they're multitasking. They're not, but they look like they are. Sonia will be coming in the front door and she'll be on the phone with her mom. She'll be helping one of the girls with their homework. And I'm thinking back when the girls were in school, she's holding the door open with her left foot. She's petting the dog with her elbow. She's already pulling something out of the cabinet for dinner and she's separating laundry. Like it looks like all this is happening all at one time. What they're, she's probably really doing is picking up, putting down, picking up, putting down, picking up, putting down, picking up, putting down. So what consolidation really means, and this is not easy. This is kind of like ninja level time management. It takes a lot of focus. It takes some discipline. If at all possible in your life, in your jobs, in your family, if you can batch like tasks together, it's not always easy. If you're doing laundry while you're, you know, cleaning the bathroom, while you're straightening up this, while you're doing this, guys, it's way, I feel like it's way easier first off, because I feel like we're probably a little lazier. Like I cannot multitask. If I wanted to, I couldn't. Like Tim Hawkins has this great little thing that he does, this bit where, you know, his wife is doing all these things and he's downstairs in the kitchen making toast. <laughs> you remember that? And he's like, he's just making toast, bro, and it's stressing him out as it is because he knows that any second now the toast is going to pop up. And he's got to make a decision, He's, you know, blueberry jam or grape. Or, and then the kid comes up and says, hey, Dad, I have a question for you. Well, he almost has a meltdown because 
I'm about to make toast, right? <laughs> Mitchell's going like, yeah, we're seeing a lot of head nods and a lot of things. That's me. Like, I cannot. Like, so to me, this consolidation thing is my peace. Like, this is my sanctuary. This is, this is what I do. It may not be easy for you, but the idea is since you've already started this process of dreaming and figuring out what it is you want to do, and we want to move to Ireland, we want to do all these things, when you get through this whole saying no, when you get through this automating and creating blocks of time in your calendar, and you get through this whole process of, of doing the high-value tasks that only you can do and delegating things to other people and soliciting help, you've got so much good momentum in, in your time management arsenal now it's now time to take it to like an elite level. Like you're in the big leagues now. So if you're, there's a way that you can consolidate these tasks. Like if you're working from home and, and you're doing emails, I highly recommend like, don't like keep your email inbox open while you're working on other things. Like set times of day to check and respond to emails as, as silly as it sounds. Now, if you're setting on instant message and if it's your only job to just reply to emails all day, then that's a different that's a different scenario and different conversation, but probably that's not the case all the time. So whatever you can do, if if you're if you're a contractor and you're you know trying to get the electrical job done, the plumbing job done, like don't make 37 trips to Lowe's. Try the best you can to to batch these tasks all together. If you're a teacher, and you know I just heard some feedback from a college teacher just like the other day. And this girl dreads grading, dreads it. I'm like, well, how long do you think it's going to take to grade all these papers? Thinking that, you know, three, four, five days. She's like, I could probably have it done in like 90 minutes. <laughs> what? What are you doing? But the problem is, is she'll like grade a paper and then she'll do this. And then she'll, you know, look at half a paper and then do that. And it's just, it's just bad habits. Consolidating and batching tasks help you to leverage things that you're really good at. I know this is kind of scientific and it's kind of psychological, but I promise you, if you can consolidate the activities that you have, you probably, in a lot of cases, and Tim Ferriss talks about this a lot in the four-hour work week, you probably could do your job in like one-third the amount of time just by batching tasks alone, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, procrastination man it's a little devious to be honest with you there are there are no's in life and there are ways to you know cut people out and and cut activities out sometimes what's super important to somebody else may not move the meter for you you ever heard that phrase, you know, don't make a lack of planning on your part become an emergency on my part? We have relationships, and I've probably severed many of them in my life because I say no and say it too abrasively and, and all that, and shame on me for that. So sometimes you're going to have to just like, because it's a family member or it's a spouse or it's a coworker or your boss or somebody else, you're going to have to end up doing what it is that they're asking you to do at some point. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to drop everything that you're working on right now to take care of the emergency that's on their part. I, I don't know if it's on the back of the, yeah, there it is. 
It's on the back of one of your pages. This is called the Eisenhower matrix. So, you know, nothing like working in 2023 where we have to like be kind of politically correct and work with people than like going back to a World War II era general <laughs> to get principles for life because that industrial age always works good in our culture today, doesn't it? So this is, that was kind of a joke, guys. So the Eisenhower matrix, some of you have probably seen this before. Maybe it wasn't titled uh, properly for you. But there are things, if it's something that's on the top left of this chart, then it's worthy of your time right now. Obviously, bottom right shouldn't be in your arsenal, shouldn't be on your plans, shouldn't be on your mind. Delete it, purge it, get rid of it. So I, I would like to kind of start a little bit of a discussion. Uh, you know, things can be urgent, but not necessarily important. Because, you know, if somebody else is freaking out, you, you might need to ask some probing questions. You might need to figure out what it actually is because, you know, if they're freaking out because somebody's, you know, hurt or, you know, the building is on fire, that can be kind of urgent and important. But just because somebody is making something super important or super urgent doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually important. Okay. So on these, on these little, on these little blocks, you've got, you know, delete, these are the things that you should probably get rid of, things that you're going to say no to, like social media, working on a dead project. You've got some delegates. You're going to book a trip. You're going to schedule some interviews. This is kind of thinking as if you're the CEO of a company, but you know, you, you, can, you can delegate. We've already talked about consolidating and delegating. Some emergencies, some pressing clients. Somebody give me an example of something recently where somebody has come up to you and it's like, OMG. This needs to be done like, oh my goodness, right now. And then come to find out it, it was kind of like important to them and they waited too long and now, you know, it's last minute and now they're looking for you to sort of like wave a magic wand and fix it. Does that ever happen? I see a lot of head nods. I see a lot of people making eye contact with, is it that you don't want to tell on your spouse? Is that part of it? Because there could be some of that. Anybody have something from work? Oh, okay. So, Yeah. 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 Isn't that like, it's kind of frustrating. Look, life moves fast and work moves fast. And there's this like, my friends and I used to, we used to text each other while we're on Zoom meetings because all these corporate words like tend to fall out. Like, you know, hey, we're not going to solve this problem here, but let's circle back on this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's circle back, which basically means none of us really know what to do. We don't have any intention of solving it. But what's for lunch? <laughs> so many of those. Things. We're going to take a high level view. This is just high level, which basically means that all I have is an outline. I have zero details. So no one's allowed to ask me any questions. <laughs> 
I'm going to take a high level view. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I can't get blood from a turnip here. Anybody else? Somebody that comes to you with something that's like, the end of the world is nigh. We need this done like right now, like yesterday. And then you look and see what it is. And you're like, you either A, already provided it. Or someone else already provided it. You got one? <laughs> uh, I do the registrations and calendars for the church. Yep. I get a lot of requests for oh, yeah. already completed. They just can't find them. <laughs> okay, can I just ask a probing question? Is it that they can't find them? Or is it that they haven't even looked for them? Because we did that recently. <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm like, I'm like, wouldn't it be nice if there was like a master calendar with all the dates on it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, and they're like, we have one. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we say this with a little bit of attitude and a little bit of snarkiness. We all do it from time to time. It's cool. Like it's never going to like, you'll always have this, right? You always have somebody that thinks something is so, 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 so important and urgent, but it doesn't fit the Eisenhower matrix. So one really cool, I guess, skill that we should probably learn is how do we diplomatically procrastinate? Because, okay, I acknowledge you need this piece of information. It's available. You're probably not going to go find it or you don't know how to find it, I'm going to be a good team player. I'm going to help you, absolutely. But I have a priority. I have a deadline. I have something that I've already decided because I've automated, I've consolidated, I've done all the things that I learned in time management class. I need 15 more minutes to finish this thing that I'm on right now, and it will be 100% done, and then I can ship it. Could I, I do this a lot, and I probably, with my customers, I do it, it's basically just like reflex now. Someone will send me a request for a price on something. And I'll say, I got your email. Can I email you back in 90 minutes? Mm -hmm. Now, I know that even if they say no, I'm still going to take my 90 minutes. <laughs> because I've, everything that I'm doing right now, I've already pre-decided is the most important thing for me and my company and my business and my family and the kingdom of God and all those things matrix that I look through to make my decisions. But what I'll do is I'll set a timer for 60 on my iPhone. If you look at my iPhone, I got like timers, like timers and labels, timers and labels. It's like my life. And I'll actually get back to them in less than 90 minutes. So it looks like I underpromised and over delivered, but it's procrastination. It's basically, I'll get to this. If you're not bleeding out the eyeballs, Give me a second and I'll get right. And usually like 99% of the time, they're like, no sweat. Tomorrow is fine. But if I were to ignore that email and wait till the end of the day, if I don't hit them back in like an hour, they're like, are you dead? <laughs> are you sick? Are you out of the country? Or they're emailing my partner or they're calling like customer service. It's like, no, they just want an answer. So I've just learned that creative procrastination. It's not a permanent no. But it's like, not right now. That, that's, that even sounds kind of harsh in the way my voice is intonated. It probably sounds like I'm trying, not right now. 
I'll get to this, I promise, but not right now. That is a really, really helpful, helpful tool in time management. Makes sense? Is this stuff boring? Is it like, is it useful? You think it is? I geek out over it and I could talk to a wall about it. <laughs> so, so I want to always be sensitive though. We're just about out of time. I can tell you this. It is a lifelong journey. Lifelong journey. I fall off the horse all the time and have to get back on the horse. And I have a handful of people that I've known for a number of years and we all sort of do this. Next week, we're going to start this thing called GTD. I almost heard angels just start singing. It is like Handel's Messiah. GTD, Getting Things Done by David Allen, is the missing link. For years, I've been a time management student. I wrote a little book. I did the audio. I think Mike Jones listened to it a little bit. I love doing these little seminars and things. But GTD is how to actually handle it when Tuesday morning hits you in the mouth, and it will. Okay? So that's what we'll start on next time. We're gonna, it'll be three sessions. We're going to do this project together where it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some effort on your part. But man, when you do it, I don't want to like let the cat out of the bag because there's like 10 ways to skin that cat right now. <clears throat> it's going to be, it'll be very practical and very doable. This is like the big high level, not going to solve it right now sort of stuff. This is the theoretical. GTD is I'm sick and tired of not getting it done. This is what we're going to do. It's really cool. Is that okay? Yes. A couple of hands. Eyes. You were, you kept raising your hand back there. I'm so sorry. I was just, I was on a roll. I was procrastinating you. Oh no. What was it? Oh, we want to hear it. We love stories. No big deal. Yeah. So I'm also, um, I also take care of uh, whenever they come out the OR. So I'm waiting on my patient to come out the OR at like 11, 12 o'clock. Right? Yeah. So then someone comes up to me and they're like, oh, hey, can you change my dressing? And I'm like, no, you should have had this checked early in the morning. And then I could have come and did it at like 9 o'clock, not when my heart's about to roll out. So right. They're not going to die because they need their dressing changed, right? right? Exactly. But you're going to have to take this cardiac patient. Exactly. They're going to need some care exactly. for a minute. Yeah, yeah. No, but but like I really need it now. Yeah. I mean, that's like the perfect example. That's so cool. Yes, babe. Okay, so the 15th, 8th is next week, right? We'll do GTD, the first sesh. On the 15th, Pastor Carson asked me to do the main session, so we'll just all go in there. And I'll be, it won't be time management. It's going to be on goodness and meekness. I don't even know what those words mean, so I've got to do some studying. <laughs> the 22nd is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We're all out anyway because it's the holiday. So it'll be the 29th with the second sesh of GTD and then whatever that first Wednesday in December is. So just so you know, everything we try to put everything on Church Center.